throws out this email that kind of runs down the whole week of birthdays and movie releases. So today, 22nd anniversary of Analyze This release. Wow. Of course, that's Billy Crystal and Robert De Niro is like a mob boss who needs therapy, kind of you know, kind of like the Sopranos. Well, I remember when the first Sopranos pre uh, preview came out, and I'm like, "Wow, okay." I I don't I'd never heard of James Gandolfini before. No, but you so know, I had small parts in True Romance and so I, 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 I mean, yep. I I knew I, I really romance. wasn't familiar with his work. Yeah, but so, I'm like, I'm, I I did think it was. Are they making a TV show based on Analyze This? I really thought so. Right, right, right. So let's go best Robert De Niro comedy role. And your choices are? Analyze this. Yes. Meet the parents, Midnight Run, Dirty Grandpa. That's the one with Zac Efron, not the one you showed your kids. Now, you know, it's funny. In the conversation I have with McConaughey, and again, please, everybody, go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your Apple Podcasts, and see, you know, my conversation and listen to my conversation as well. Uh, with Matthew McConaughey, and I do ask him about Wolf of Wall Street, and he says that Scorsese loves to laugh, and he loves humor, and we talked a little bit about how Scorsese's movies, even when they're dark and frightening and also very serious or bloody, there's humor in everything. Now, there's a movie called The King of Comedy. Oof. Where De Niro plays a stalker or a a, a, a guy who just is obsessed obsessed with, with a late night talk show host Jerry Langford played Rupert. by Jerry Lewis he plays Rupert, Rupert Pupkin. Pupkin great name and there are some laugh out loud hilarious moments in the film Sandra Bernhardt is another oh. stalker yeah. of Jerry Langford and what they do so Rupert gets a shot at doing stand-up comedy on the late night show is they kidnap Jerry Lewis. Fantastic move. Jeez. They yes. kidnap the it's Jerry fantastic. Langford character, and as Ransom, they won't release him until they see Rupert Pupkin on TV doing his stand-up act. Oh, okay. Because he's like the Carson. Lewis is like the Carson. Yeah, he's the, the Johnny Carson. So you're he plays like famous Johnny. if you get and on the show. It, it's... I, would, I don't know if I... It's not a comedy. But I, there are some funny parts in it. It's the, It doesn't belong in this list, but I just feel the need to... It. I feel the need... It, it, there's some a ton of satire in it. Yes. And it's definitely not the first maybe three, four, five Scorsese, De Niro oh, so um, together, movies right? that you talk about. You know, Mean Streets would even be before that, Taxi, Taxi Driver, Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas. But this is, I just feel the need to mention that. It's because the word comedy is in the title. There is some funny stuff. And it just disturbs me that dirty grandpa's on this list. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't go with the war with grandpa. Which yeah, we war have, with grandpa. We have been grandpa. down Very this road lately because it upset me just to bring everyone up to speed in case you're wondering. It upset me when Susie and I were watching it with all three of our children because they insisted on watching it that it struck me that this was the first De Niro movie in the lives of my children, and I felt I was letting them down. Not well, like I'm going to show a 12, 10, and 7-year-old, you taxi know, driver. Mean Streets. Or Mean Streets. And speaking of Rupert Pupkin, here's a little little note for Entourage fans out there, as I know Brockman is. Rupert Pupkin was the name that Johnny Drama had Vinny Chase's name 
saved under yeah. in his phone. And it's a great That's funny. It's a great <laughs> funny reference. It's a brilliant sort of next level reference. Yeah. You know. So without question though there's a clear answer on this poll question. Oh, I know. I have seen meet the parents on a plane and I've never been on a plane where every human being on the plane is laughing. Everybody was laughing at it. And it is a brill- brilliantly funny movie. And his character, you know, I'm watching you and all of that. <laughs> and Analyze This is funny, too. Nothing beats Midnight Run. As a matter of fact, Midnight Run is my favorite comedy of all time. With the in-laws, look it up, go see it. I know you haven't seen that with Peter Falk and... and um, Alan Arkin. Is this a movie from the 70s? It is, sir. <laughs> Sun it is, is on the midnight run like the hero. But I'm just opening your mind a little bit here, Chris. In-laws, yeah, I see it. Not, the, the, not the remake. The remake with um, our, our friend Albert Brooks and uh, and uh, uh, Michael Douglas. No, this Douglas is Alan Arkin and Peter was, right? was not at all remotely close. Not even, no. To be, it shouldn't have been made. Exactly. But Midnight Run is... Hilarious. It is profane. It is touching. It is moving. It is about a relationship between men thrown together in the craziest of circumstances. The music is amazing. I know that's not supposed to be a comedy, but De Niro in this is as good in this as he is in any other movie, and I will fight people over that. Go have a cream soda. Well, I mean. You know, I mean, he can't be funnier than Meet the Parents. That whole movie is great. But that's not a De Niro line. I know, no, I know, I know. You know, but but the whole movie. I'm telling everybody, it is, I would put De Niro's performance as Jack Walsh, who is unpopular with the Chicago Police Department, (laughs) up against, in that movie, up against De Niro as... Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver as Jake LaMotta as anything he's ever done. And I will fight people on that, and that is my choice, and I bet you it won't even finish in third place. It's going to upset me, Chris. No, 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 Rich. Okay. Uh, Midnight Run is actually running away with it. Thank God. <laughs> oh, people are getting it. Thank God. Why are you unpopular with the Chicago Police? I just, I mean, Charles Grodin in that I movie, mean, too. He, I, he's kind of Charles disappeared. Grodin he's disappeared. Mike Del Tufo is a star as well. Like, <laughs> sure he is. Because who else would post a poll question on their Twitter account? I saw all but one of these comedians in person perform. Which one did I not see perform in person? <laughs> we were speaking <laughs> about this Kinison, yesterday afternoon. Eddie Murphy, right, TJ? Andrew you. Dice Clay, and George Carlin were the choices. So just for those who may not know Mike or the reason why he's putting it we up there because we were about talking this. about seeing comedians in person, he just wants all of his followers. Just take a guess. Which one of these comedians did I not see perform? Did, were we not, no kind of question Back me up on this. Were we and you and Adam not speaking about no, this? No, it's got nothing when? to do with it. It's, it's not we a, did it. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying that this doesn't have context <laughs> oh. in terms of why it would be on your mind. It's just... I've been around. Well, I've been around. What is, uh, okay, what is that? Is, how is that a poll question? Why would you tweet that out and ask people to guess? Because we were talking we, about it in TJ and We had Adam a little post-show talk. post-show talk, talk yeah. about it. I so. understand. And but, I said. I, but it's just like all of a sudden I'm looking facts. at my Twitter feed and I see no, Del Tufo put out a poll. And I'm like thinking to myself, what's the poll? And it's just. Which one of these people have I not seen in person? <laughs> and I've known you now for almost 20 years. 
I've been working with you daily in and out for almost <laughs> seven years, and I don't know. And I, I don't even have a frame of reference to even figure it out. So I guess George Carlin, just because it's been old. <laughs> oh, see, I'm wrong. But it's just so, it's, it's like, which one of these, it's, it's kind of like the answer that Cliff Clavin gave Clavin, on yeah. Jeopardy. Like, yeah, yeah, who, yeah. who has not been in my kitchen? <laughs> like, okay. I guess. No. That is insane. It's just insane to post that. That is insane. That is I, the epitome of narcissism. I, you know what? Here's the deal, guys. Which one of these people have I not I'm seen? I'm not even in responding to this. I'll, I'll handle this because normally, if it's a Paolo and Del Tufo, I'm coming off the top rope like Macho Man with the elbow. Yes. Thank you. But we did. This was part of our post show discussion, and maybe there should have been a little bit more context, context to I it. Have context. How many followers does Mike Del Tufo <laughs> have on Twitter? Like a, it's a, it's a nice number. Matter. Like a because, million. Because TJ hangs out with the stars, and Mike is there one is of them. There is context so, on Instagram. If you oh, look at uh, my Instagram, <laughs> there is context, and I'll send this one in, and we'll read. Mike, come Mike, back. Mike, Mike, we're not questioning the context. It's a po- no, we're it's a questioning. Tapest- it's a tapestry. Chris. Why would you post that for people to answer? Why I do I do? Hold on, I, I'm not once mad at a you, week, Mike. Once a week, I do a yeah. what? It's like Mike thing. This right? is one of my things. It's a I Mike do. thing. It's a Mike thing I do. So in a case, so bottom Ask line Mike. is, here's, here's, there you go. here's now just for the Rich Eisen Show audience. And, you know, they call it broadcasting because you want to actually talk to a broad audience. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So people might not know context. You've got to continuously broaden things out by providing as much context for people who might just surf in or whatever. So for anybody who might not understand the context of anything that Mike Del Tufo posts, it's a puzzle. It's a tapestry. You've got to visit his Instagram. You've got to put it all together. Like so you understand. Who Mike met? I still don't even know the answer to this question. (laughs) I don't even know if I care. You care. You do. I do do not. (laughs) I do not. Last week I said I asked. Okay, so out of Justin Herbert and David Koechner, they're both going to be on the show. Yes. So they'll both be in your presence in no. hour three. So now they're here on Peacock. Can we let the Peacock audience? So if it's so, you have seen George Carlin in person. Yes. That leaves I've now narrowed it down to three. Chris, it's a caper. You know, TJ. Shh. But it's just it's a it's he probably already texted Brockman. Like I don't know. He texted Brockman. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I did. I don't. I don't. It's like throwing a dart at a board. Like I don't. It's not like you even give a hint. Like well, last week I did who I had not met in musicians. I put Quincy Jones. So these are Springsteen. I do it once a week. This is oh a running. Yes, it's a running theme. I was saying out of context theater. It's not out of context. Of course it is. It's just like who have I not met? It's fun. You've definitely seen Dice Clay in person. Yes. Okay. And got heckled by him. Hickory dickory duck. So here we go. I mean, you don't finish the sentence. Yeah, I will. Say it. What is happening? <laughs> I love Brockman's. I love it. What is? I don't. It's a I very it. obvious one out of the group. <laughs> why? Why? Because he didn't obvious? perform a lot in the '80s. Sam Kinison? I'm going to put no, up a I poll. Saw twice. What goat have I never seen play in person? Like, that's the same type of no, stuff that not. you're doing. It's no. the ex- what's no. different about it. Okay, in okay. a- Mike's defense here, right? I'll just say this. When you have a Twitter following, right? These are people who are following you for a specific reason. Okay. And, you know, Mike has a relationship with the people that he's following and that follow him. So maybe they are into they like the it. stuff that Mike likes. Nice. Yeah. Higher register. Yeah, Nice. So well done. Well done. Yeah, but it still doesn't Maybe matter. Like I, I, 
It's really I have weird. no choice but to follow Mike every day because he's staring right in front of me. <laughs> okay? Like, he's right there. <laughs> I'm looking at him. Every day. And I've been around him 20 years. I've flown on planes with him. You guys go and back to the car seat. Literally, sitting next to Mike Del Tufo on a plane, I got an idea, just a little sense of what Evander Holyfield might have felt boxing against Mike Tyson. <laughs> he bit you on the ear? No, like talk. figuratively talked it off. No, me and the guy next to me. So, me and the guy next so, to me had a conversation. So Rich doesn't No. But so I I I think out of everybody here and anybody else on his Twitter following who might not be a family member, I think I've got the best frame of reference out of maybe anybody. And I don't even have an idea who this person is. It's a total, like, dartboard. Like, I got one in a four chance. It's I got like- some ice cream. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL Draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Joining us here on the Rich Eisen Show, courtesy of our social media grand maester, as he cares to be known, T.J. Jefferson, at 2Jiggy, for those who care to follow our social media grandmaster. Uh, you've known this uh, gent for quite some time. We're thrilled to have here on the Rich Eisen Show. This is what we call, um, you know, high-quality booking, not just because of who he is and what day it is. It's the 18th anniversary of Punked making its debut on MTV. But we're kind of stepping in it. There's Big Bears news, and he's a yeah. Big Bears fan. Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? I am delightful. How are you? I am better for talking to you. All right, screw it. Give me our favorite T.J. Jefferson story. <laughs> wow. Let's just jump. Let's just jump right in. What do you got for me, Ashton? Oh, oh man. Oh man. You you know what the thing is? Is that that? Um, uh, well, boy. So I, I 
I have to think long and hard about this because TJ has so much compromise on me that, <laughs> uh, that uh, I, I don't want to play. I don't want to play an exchange war with this man. Wow, what, what is this um, photograph we're seeing right here? Let's help uh, Ash know. It's you and him in a pool. And what? How yeah. old is this photograph that we're looking at right here? That that picture is from July the third, two thousand and one. Damn. We uh, we had just moved. He and I used to be roommates. We didn't. We never said that. And. Uh, he bought that house. He was, you know, he was nice enough to allow me to live there with him. And uh, we moved in the first day of July and we decided everyone would have a 4th of July party. So why don't we have a 3rd of July party? And, and this is the photograph we're seeing, huh, Ashton, yeah. on the screen here. That, uh, uh, it, it must be. I can't see the photo, but right. I'm, I'm assuming that it is. It is that. <laughs> yes, it is. You can take the trust. So. It, it, uh, so okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a great uh, TJ Jeff. You don't story. have to, by the no, way. No, no, he does. Know. Please turn his no, microphone no, no, off. No, no, this is this, okay. this is this is a quality nice. one. This, this is, uh, I'll put a little shine on you. Okay. Uh, so so, you know, TJ and I, TJ was like, we worked together for a while and started traveling around the world and doing various things. When I, I would go on promotional tours for various films and things. And at one point we ended up in Australia, um, and and I, I think I had to work the next day or something. And TJ was like, "I'm going to go out," and so he goes out to a, a nightclub um, and basically gets kicked out because the bouncer at the at the nightclub thought that his Altoids were drugs because they'd never seen Altoids before, and so they they kicked him out. <laughs> Um, and the, the guy looked at the, his like can of Altoids and thought like TJ was like drug dealing inside of his nightclub. <laughs> and all you wanted was fresh breath, That's TJ, was, just in case you met someone at the club. I you was just, trying to talk to this Sheila, as they call him down there. And, and, and uh, yeah. <laughs> more, so more things change, the more they stay the same. Basically what you're saying. Here, here in 2021. Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show. 18 years ago, Punked debuted tonight. Uh, Ashton, how did that show come about for you where, where where did that one come from all those years ago for you um, so when i was growing up there there were these uh audio tapes that you could get of these guys the jerky boys of course mm-hmm. and and the jerky boys would like call and prank phone call people and they would play these characters in in their prank phone calls and i just thought it was the funniest thing uh when i was when i was younger um, I still think it's really funny, um, but with, with, through a slightly different lens today. But I always thought that that was, that was the funniest thing. I, and, and I watched Candid Camera and things like that, but I felt like Candid Camera never quite took it far enough. Yes. Um, and, it, it, and it just didn't have like the edge of like the Jerky Boys that would, they, they would go all the way there. Um, and so that's, that's really where I, and I started batting back and forth with my producing partner at the time, this idea of like, can we make a show that's like the jerky boys? And none of my representation wanted me to do it. And they were like, you know, you're an actor. You're not going to be seen as a serious actor. If you go and do a reality show. And I was like, no, I want to make this and I want to do this. And, and I was doing the 70s show at the time and, and shooting some films and, uh, and I was like, no, I'm going to do it. I want to do it on MTV. And then I got the MTV and they're like, okay, we, we'll do this show, but you've got to, you've got to pull the pranks on celebrities. And I was like, all right. 
and that's 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 sort of how it came to be. So when you're saying you didn't think uh, Candid Camera committed or to the bit or committed to the prank uh, far enough, are you referring to making Justin Timberlake think his home was being repoed by the IRS, for instance? That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> like like th- making Beyonce think that she ruined Christmas because uh, she dropped the tree that was like, you know, the ceremonial Christmas tree in the middle of, you know, Century City. Um, like having having undercover agents come and bust a gambling ring uh, and, and like bust through windows, like that kind of thing. So which celebrity was the most upset or by being punked, Ashton? I imagine when it was first starting, they would probably been like, what gives? And then obviously when the phrase even got out there that people, you know, pulling pranks in just everyday life, the word punking somebody to this day still even exists. Before you reached that, I imagine, or even when you did reach that sort of status, which celebrity got the most upset with you? I mean, I think the celebrity that's most upset is me because I don't own this show. Uh, <laughs> You've but, been punked. Uh, but but, <laughs> right. but uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't wise enough back then to, to know that I should own it. Um, but I think, you know, the people that took it, that, that had the hardest time with it were comedians. Huh. Um, which is interesting. You'd think that they would love it, um, but I. Uh, but comedians like to be in control of the joke. They don't want the joke to be on them unless they're making the joke about themselves. And so, oftentimes, we would do a punk on a comedian, and they would get really. Um, they just wouldn't be happy about it. Um, and then there were a couple instances where, like. You know, like, I think A-Rod was in the middle of, like, a trade deal, and he was talking about it with friends, and, and that was on camera, and he's like, no, nah, you got to burn the tapes. Um, and, and then there was one where somebody pulled out a gun. Whoa. Uh, huh? No, I'm just listening. I'm like, whoa, somebody pulled out a gun, huh? Yeah, somebody pulled out a firearm in the middle of it, and it got a little, got a little heated. Um, but you know, at the end, everybody was cool with it. I don't think anybody holds a grudge, uh, on it. I I think it's just in, in that moment, um, people would get pretty upset that, you know, like Zach Graff, like beat up a kid. It was like, people got upset. He beat up a kid. He he literally (laughs) beat somebody up because he was was punked. There was like a, we, we, we had a kid that, he he wasn't a kid, but he looked like he was a kid. Yeah, and he was like spray painting his Porsche uh, in a parking lot. And he just started like he started getting physical with him, uh, and we had to go. We had to go calm that down. Yeah, you had to tap that one out because it. Okay, so at some point a line gets crossed, and so you're saying Ashton Kutcher that a Rod was caught on tape talking about inside uh, baseball stuff, literally, and thus. When the punking was revealed, he's like, "Yeah, you're you're not airing that." Did anything air from yeah. him, or did no? It, no, we we literally we we pulled the film and destroyed it in front of him because that was the thing about the show, which is, um, uh, unlike a lot of the other shows that are out there, we every single person who was ever on punked signed a release yeah. that said it's okay to air this, right? Like. We didn't air anything of anyone without their permission. And, and you know, 
it seems that line has been crossed nowadays. But back then, that 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 was the deal, and and we you know we honored that. Like if if we got to the end of it and someone was like, no, not cool, we're not errant, you, you can't air it. We didn't, and and in that case, he he made us destroy the um, destroy the tapes. Ashton Kutcher here on the Rich Eisen Show. You think it could be done today? I mean, social media being what it is, it could be shared left and right, up and down. You know that you're you're the first guy, the first individual to get a million folks on Twitter. That, by the way, was 12 years ago. Um, do you think this could be done again, rebooted, Ashton? Yeah, with the right with the right people, it, it could get done again. I. I actually think the interesting way to do it would be um, do it through like NFTs um, and like actually shoot a punk and make make the prank itself uh, in the video and NFT where there was a royalty right where the person who got pranked actually owned a piece of it for perpetuity and then people could buy it, sell it, trade it. Whoa. Let's pitch that out. Uh, me, yeah. you, Thanks, TJ. Bro. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put that thing together. Let's uh, let's pitch that out, uh, Ashton. Hey, Rich. You know, one thing <laughs> you you were talking about people getting mad. There yes. was one time when you know because Punk got to be so big. Yeah. That you know at the beginning Ashton was there for all of them, but then as his career took off and he had to do seventy show and movies, it was like, well, if we wanted to get rich and Mike and Chris were helping set us up, and we could only get you at this time and this date, if yeah. he couldn't be there. We still have to do it. Like, this has to go on. Right. So The Rock, we're punking The Rock. He's shooting the movie Be Cool. The director, F. Gary Gray, is the accomplice, right? So Ashton's not there. He's doing a night shoot. So Jason Goldberg and I were running the punk that day, and we blew up The Rock's trailer. <laughs> like, his trailer for the movie got blown up. I remember that. And as the reveal starts to come, you know, we had our two Phil agents, Whitney Cummings was one, and yeah. Vince Green was another, and they're kind of poking at The Rock, like, well, it's kind of your fault. I asked you about, like, plugging in an iron, and, it, like, they're basically insinuating it is, it's his fault, and he's right. being cool, but you could see The Rock is starting to now get more and more upset. He's cooking. Everybody's <laughs> pointing at him and saying, this is your fault, and he's talking about his Lava Lavas, which are a Samoan um, wrap that he would wear. Yeah. And finally... Our guy, Vince, who was really good at agitating people, said something to him, and The Rock kind of, like, made a move towards him. <laughs> and everybody swarmed, and then F. Gary Gray had to jump in and go, hey, Rock, guess what? You've been punked. And, like, you could see The Rock, like, seething. And it literally was about 10 seconds where he went from 100 mad to he calmed down. Okay. And then I had met him before, so I was, like, the first person from production who went up to approach him and be like, hey, bro, <laughs> everything cool, Rock? You know? And I, I was a little bit worried about that one, but that one, you know, Ashton wasn't there for that one, and it was like... But you got a report on that, I'm sure, Ashton, by the end of the day. Uh, yeah, I, I actually got called in to, like... <laughs> well, I showed up at the very end to be like, Rock, it's all cool, right? Like, you know, Dwayne, remember when you did the 70s show back in the day? We're friends, so it's good. Like, I got called in at the end of it, but, that, I mean, there was some crazy, I, I mean, I thought somebody was going to get killed on the Kanye one because he took off and, like, jumped on top of a moving car and, like, I mean, there, there were some that, like, were borderline dangerous. I, I guess the one question as to whether or not it could be done today is legal. 
because we were right on the edge of <laughs> like we we always had a lawyer screaming at us in the control room for sure. every one of these things. And so, you know, now I mean people are a little more litigious mm. and it might not be able to go off. Couple more minutes left here with Ashton Kutcher. Uh on the anniversary of Punked, a lot of Bears fans think they are being punked right now by the signing of Andy Dalton. Are you one of them, Ashton Kutcher? Are you talking about the orange rifle? That's the one. <laughs> That one. I mean, he. Here's the thing. Like, I, yeah. My my mom always told me when I got to the dinner table, you get what you get, and you don't get upset, right? So, uh, you know, I'm looking at Andy Dalton, and I'm like, I, I always try to find like the good side of it. Um, you know, one, we we have a first round, a second round, a third round, fifth round, or I, I think like a fifth round, seventh round draft pick next year, and, and so. You know, we didn't have to give up the, the world, right? And yep. and if we if we would have got Russell Wilson, it, it sounds like that deal would have meant giving up the giving up the franchise. We need an offensive line, like we need we need depth in our offensive line. Like Daniels went down last year, and it was obvious. Like we, it's why we had a good run at the beginning of the season, and it fell off. Is that we we're playing the offensive line shuffle game all year and because we just don't have the depth there. So I'm happy that we've got some draft picks. I'm happy that we still have some, you know, powder in the chamber. And look, if you look at Dalton, like, through his career, you know, I I think last year, like, he's always hovered around, like, a 60-plus percent completion rate. And – and and that's good news, right? Because you know, Trubisky when under pressure couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Um, so I'm excited to have a guy that can deliver the deliver the football on target. Um, and you know, other than like that, his last year in Cincinnati, it was kind of like he knew he was out the door, and it was kind of ugly. He's had he he's played well. Um, and we got Robinson. We got the franchise tag on, and, and Miller is great, and and Mooney is you know a, a really promising young talent. Yeah. So he's got some receivers. So maybe we can get an offensive line, and, we, and our defense is dope. So and we have a new defensive coordinator. That's that's a little you know I, I we'll see. He's been he's been with the franchise for a while. He was a safeties coach, but what you know, I I, I actually think it's a smart move. Um, all in all, given, you know, we could get Russell Wilson, but he'd probably get hurt if we can't bolster our offensive line to keep him, keep him upright. And then, and then you've spent all your draft picks and all your money on a guy who just got hurt because he couldn't protect you. All right, so you're 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 being positive about it, and I appreciate the glass half full right there. And um, you know, and our radio audience is going to be going away in, in about thirty seconds time, and. Uh, we'll continue this conversation on our Peacock side for just a couple of minutes before we say uh, farewell to Ashton Kutcher. But we we do have uh, a segment here, Ashton, called Higher Register, where we have to kind of go up here in order to believe what we're saying. You did start a little Higher Register about Andy Dalton. Like, hey, you know, I mean, he's got that 60% completion percent. Like, I, you did go a little Higher Register on me there, Ashton, you know? Uh, listen, is this the guy for the future of the organization I, I, I don't know, but I also don't think that we're picking up a guy in like the what the eleventh year of his career, and thinking that this is the guy for the future of the organization. So, right. 
you know, he might be a guy that can can that he he's a guy that gives us a shot. I know. And we're back an hour three in a second, year. but sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I I hear what you're saying. You know, and I it's just I I I like your moxie. I like your your positive thinking, Ashton. I just like it. It's it's very. It's how I get through life, Rich. It's how you, <laughs> it's how you do it. Okay, so what do you think? Ten wins for the Bears. Mm. You think they actually threaten the Packers? What do you think? What do you got for me? Oh man, uh, I got, you know what? I got to I have to look at the schedule. I'm not just going to throw it out there. I, I, love I really it. need to look at the schedule. Well, it's coming out. That's coming. so you got a few more weeks, and then maybe as I was saying before, Ashton, I'll just match your positive for positive before uh, sending you off onto your Wednesday. Um, that uh, that if they draft somebody 20th overall as a rookie, what better quarterback room than having Foles and Dalton to show them the ropes to not only show them about how to be a professional, but how competition can be healthy with two awesome human beings in the room. So maybe that's something you can look at by the end of April. You know, I would like to dra- I, w- I would like to get some offensive line love in. Let's build that up for okay. a year. Say say we've got Dalton for two, and then go for a quarterback. Long game. All right. Very good. Hey, Ashton, thanks for the time today. Uh, uh, strolling down memory lane. And, you know, uh, um, we, we, uh, we're thrilled to be able to know what you've known a very long time. It's just how awesome TJ Jefferson is and what a great, uh, what a great person he is and how much fun he is to be around and, and just like a layer, just keep unlayering all the layers of TJ Jefferson every single day, you know? Listen, he was, he was my co-pilot in, in, in our fantasy football sports wow. show that we did for years he and i well like, i think we did like three seasons yeah. and so i knew that i knew he was destined to be doing this so i'm i'm stoked that he, that he's doing it with you outstanding yeah and it's soon he'll be above the fold in his hometown newspaper <laughs> right up in altoona he's just below the fold with us maybe together you and i ash and we can get him above the fold of the hometown altoona newspaper for winning 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 win, wins price is right yes, yes. Come on down. Rich, you were oh, saying no. you knew a lot about Rod Woodson. I do. Were you aware that in the early 1990s, Rod Woodson was the proprietor, proprietor of perhaps the greatest sports bar I've ever been to my entire life in Pittsburgh called Woodson's? I did not know that. It was, Brockman, you would have loved this place. The video uh, games were outstanding. Uh, the food was great. I mean, Woodson's was the best sports bar well, I've sports ever bar. been to in my entire now, life. Now, does, does that mean, because then... TJ, was that on the water? It was in Station Square Station in Pittsburgh. Square, right so yeah, so yeah. When Seton Hall played Pitt, I believe, yeah. early nineties. Yeah. yeah, right on the water. Was he around? Did you see him around? Yeah, I remember. Last, him one time he came in, we talked about it. I'm pretty sure I saw him. I remember playing NBA Jam with Carnell Lake multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> well, he loved Carnell Lake. He talked about him all. Yeah, the time. Carnell Lake was a good dude, and he was at Woodson's a lot. And I remember beating Carnell Lake in NBA Jams. That's a great quote. <laughs> NBA Jam. NBA, NBA Jam. Jam. Carnell Lake that is one of the best. Of, it's a, by good. the way, that's a great Mad Lib. You know, filling like the Mad Lib yeah. would be. I played blank with blank. First blank is video '80s video game. And then blank is 80s, 90s NFL star. 90s video game. 90s, 90s video game? Yeah. Okay. So What was the golf one? So if it was an 80s one, man, I love playing Mike Tyson's Golden punch team. out with, <laughs> uh, hold right. on a minute. Just with, random with, 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 oh, with, Joe, with Joe Klecko. It was great. <laughs> love playing Mike Tyson's pump out, punch out with Joe Klecko. This, be careful. This could be very addictive. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Very addictive. Yeah. Be very careful. This is a wormhole. Don't go anywhere. I it. played Miss Pac-Man with Pac-Man Jones. 
See, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Ms. Pac-Man is an 80s game. Pac-Man Jones is an aughts player. Right. That doesn't work. It's like... I was playing Golden Tee with Aldo Greco. There you go. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and by the way, excellent golfer. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. One of the most exciting plays of the playoffs so far in the NFL would be what? Would give me, give me, give me just like off the top of your head. I'll give you one. Whoa. <laughs> I'll give you one. Thanks, Rich. Most oh, oh, you ex- got one? You literally got one? one play got me off the couch. Like, whoa! Got me off the couch. I think okay. I know. I screamed out loud from my couch. On the Saturday night. Like network. Of the wild card network. of super wild card weekend. Super. Taylor Heineke from the middle of the pocket, Buccaneers all around him, buzzing all around. Looks like he's about to get sacked. No, Taylor Heineke escapes, and he leaps for the pylon and hits it with the football touchdown. I'm like, whoa! (laughs) Thank goodness goodness for Taylor Heineke. It hit the pylon and didn't come out of his hands and roll through the back of the end zone because the defense that was bending and breaking for Tampa Bay would have been bailed out. That's what it is. It's called a bailout. It's a bailout. It's a bailout. Because if Taylor Heineke is reaching for that pylon and it gets knocked out right before the pylon goes right out of bounds, guess what? Taylor Heineke gets the ball. You get to keep the ball if it's out at the one-inch line. But if it's three more inches on the other side of the pylon, you do not get to keep it because it's such a precious piece of real estate. 100 yards of NFL real estate. Go ahead and fumble it out of bounds anywhere you want, offense, because you get the ball back. You get the ball back. If it's at the end of a half, the end of uh, a game, you cannot get it out, get it from where it rolls out of bounds. You have to get it from where you fumbled it. Uh, Not if it gets knocked out in the field of play and happens to roll the wrong way and then out of bounds, out of bounds. Then the defense that is on its heels, the defense that has no standing in this drive because the other team is right on the precipice of scoring, guess what? You get a football. You get a football. You get a possession. You get offense. Come on back out. Come on back out. Offense that just drove the field. I'm so sorry because if the ball had rolled out a few inches uh, towards you, you still have the ball. Stupid. 
ass rule. Worst <laughs> rule in football. There's nothing that comes anywhere close. S-A-R. It is an S-A-R. Stupid ass rule. And you can't explain it. You can't explain it. You can't explain it. Again, they fixed the catch rule because Nickelodeon was able to explain to five, six, seven-year-olds what a catch is. Try and explain that to somebody. Now, you, so, wait a minute. You get to keep the ball if it rolls out anywhere between the pylons out of bounds. But once it's beyond the pylon and out of bounds, you don't get to keep it. Why? Well, it's the end zone. That's the most precious territory on the field. That's why you get six points for getting in there. Oh, oh, okay. Now it makes sense. <laughs> what? I'm a 54-year-old and what? I can't understand that. Why is that so what? hard to understand? <laughs> what? Terrible. Why don't you, you get the ball back? There, Why don't what? you get the ball back where you fumble it? If you want to make it a penalty because it's such precious territory, and by the way, penalizing, penalizing with a stupid ass rule, people who are going all out trying to score it, get you off the couch like Taylor Heineke. No, don't do that. Don't do that. You might fumble it. Don't be aggressive. Let's take aggressivity out of the most aggressive sport we have. Stupid-ass rule on every possible way. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't try and get me off the couch. You might fumble it because if you fumble it here, you can still get the ball. You fumble it there, just right there, or where? Just a few inches in front? Yeah. If you fumble it there, you lose the ball. And the defense that has no bailout, no bailout, gets bailed out. Why not, if you want to make it a penalty, why not just say, okay, if that was on a third down play, Let's just use Rashard Higgins, for instance, okay? He gets a first down on that play, right? He's a first down, correct? All right, let's say it's a third down play and you fumble it through. Put the ball in the 15-yard line and say it's now first and goal or third and goal from that spot. You fumble it, goes through the end zone, guess what? You lose 15 yards. You don't get it right there. You lose 15 yards. So now third and goal from the 15 or first and goal from the 15. So the team that fumbles it through still has a chance to maybe score a touchdown. If it's third and goal and third down, well, then guess what? Now you can only get a field goal potentially out of it. But you get to keep the football. Do something. It's so stupid. Yeah, do and then something. I'm, don't fumble. No, no, no. Don't no, don't, don't sit here what and do you say mean? don't, don't, don't why fumble. Is, why when someone does something stupid, it's the rule's fault he and not the person for he, doing the stupid thing? Because in this instance, your argument, and I knew you were going to make it, <laughs> makes no sense. Because what are the, you talking Because the fumble was illegally caused yesterday, Chris. Oh, the guy, two guys diving and their helmets collide? That is a happenstance of the sport of football. That's too bad. With the helmet. The guy who hit Higgins had his helmet down. He did not see what he hit. By rule, that is a penalty. So in this case, the two things I rail against happened on the same play. So if you let me fix it, that should have been reviewable. Last two minutes, Al Riveron should have buzzed in or wherever the hell it happened. The Browns could have thrown the challenge flag. That should be a 15-yard penalty. First down, Cleveland. Now, would it have been from the spot of the fumble? Or would it have been, it would have, no, it would have been from the, the spot of the play. 15 yards, first down, Cleveland. Wipe out the play. You get the 15 yards. And then forget about fumbling through the end zone anymore. Stupid play. You can't say don't fumble the ball. He wasn't going for it and then losing it because he's reaching for it. He lost it because somebody came no. in with the crown of his helmet no. and hit him. He lost it because he dove for the pylon. Don't dive. Why? Belichick teaches his players. The McCordys tweeted it out yesterday. No, I know that. I know that. Don't so dive. Stefanski says the same dive. thing. Don't dive. That's don't a horrible. Dive. So you don't want. So, okay. 
Somebody who loves the sport but as much as you. don't do something stupid, and then when the bad thing happens, blame the rule because you did stupid. Don't do stupid. Don't do stupid. It's I'm really saying stupid. Easy. That's saying don't do stupid. These guys are going 100 miles per hour, right? They're competitive. No, but, no, but I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I appreciate what you're saying too, Chris. Is that, is, that, is that you could still be competitive but play smart competitive football because certain teams don't do it and other teams do. Right. And, and I say, I don't care. I know. I know it's tough to have an argument with somebody who says, I don't care about your well-thought-out point because this rule book is a stupid rule, and I will never be convinced otherwise. And here's the other thing. And that's it. Every because rule this guy change was that not- happens in the league favors the offense. Every single one. Every single one. Why can't you just let the defense have this one? Because it doesn't deserve – they don't deserve it. Why? Because you can't even tell me why it's the rule in the first place. Why is it the rule? Why is why it the rule? Is, why is driving 55 miles an hour the speed limit? Well, I got to be safe. Safe. Yeah, it's safety. I will never and be why, convinced why otherwise. Why is it 35 and other? The like, two things, on. I couldn't believe it. And by the way, the number of people that texted me, you were, you were first. Congratulations. Oh, I was first? Yes, you yes, were. Thank you. Kurt Warner was second on a game day morning. Okay. Ian Rappaport tweeted me. Um, Peter King yeah. texted me. Yeah. All that stuff. Do you know who called me? Who? Al Riveron, the head of NFL refs. Because <laughs> he knew. He called me in between the games. As soon as the Kansas oh, City nice. Browns game was over. He didn't do it in, you know, well, he had in the time. middle of it. Yeah. He yeah. called me. He called me after the game. There's your rule. <laughs> There's your rule, says the head of NFL refs. <laughs> he knows how stupid I think it is. But he has come here before in studio. I know. And he's, explained explained to, he's explained to me why, why it is it and is. why it will never get changed. And yeah. I don't care is what I'm saying. I don't care. But that's not a good because argument. I was, because I was told that over and over and over again by one of Al's predecessors about the tuck rule. I was told about that over and over and over again by Mike Pereira about the tuck rule being important because it removes the gray area between when somebody is considered throwing it and running it. And I always responded to Mike, that the concept of about to throw it and then bring it down is the actual line of demarcation. That's the pro. When you say I am throwing, but I'm bringing it down to run it, is the clear intention of no longer intending to throw. You don't need to have this motion as the gray area, as some sort of transition period between sure. throwing and running. This whole bringing it down should not be a transition period. It's actually the line that you've crossed. It's not a gray area that you with this stupid ass rule are putting in. No, 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 is all I was told. And guess what? I was right all But along. these two things are not the they same. They are, because I'm fully in my gut, knowing I'm right. And the last time I felt like this was the catch rule, that got changed, and then before that was the tuck rule, that got changed. What I'm saying is right now, you think I'm two for three, but I'm hitting a thousand. Or you just got shown up by the host. No, I haven't shown him up because there's a ton of people like him who also think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay? And this is just the sports version of that. And that there's tons of people who do believe what Chris is saying. He's not saying like he's got a tinfoil hat on his head. And I know people look at me like I've got the tinfoil hat on my head. All I know is that I've been down this road before 
about a rule. And I am hitting three for three in one day. One day. I, I hope I'm One there. day. If it happens, I hope Cage I'm Cage Brockman at either the high school level or college level as Syracuse is back on top. Oh, we're back. Or the Patriots turn into Cage Brockman. He is going to, without care or concern, reach out for that pylon and score for dear old dad and his team, and you're going to be... Rich was right. <laughs> no, because Rich I'm going to teach right him not to die along. for the pylon. <laughs> My point is the rule had been changed by that, Just Chris. because you don't like something doesn't mean it has to be changed. Change the way you behave. No. See, that's what sheep say. I'm a, I'm a lion. Oh, gosh. I'm a lion. Ooh. I'm a lion. I look at things and say not about why not. Why not now is what I'm saying. Uh. Why do I get pulled over for speeding? Change the speed limit. Like, no. Or that's, don't speed. That's not it. That's not yeah, but, it. Bro, the, to, to use the argument, like, you're going 100 miles per hour out there. You're then on why that do other per- teams not do this? Every, that's no, other, a lot of teams do it. Derek Carr keeps doing it to his detriment. I've lost track of how many times he's fumbled through the end zone. It happens. It keeps happening. And every single time I happen, it happens. I say, err on the side of allowing the aggressive play in football. Do it. This is the Rich Eisen Show.